Well, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Maria Goretti, who is uh, considered a virgin martyr uh, of very recent times. And we probably are, are uh, they, we know of her, and I'm going to give a little homily about her. But first of all, I'll start off by drawing our attention to our gospel. In our gospel, we have this enumeration of the Twelve Apostles. And what always strikes me when I read this is, I, is, is how... It says Simon, and then he's, Simon's called Peter. Uh, James and John, they're known as the sons of Zebedee. Then you've got Matthew, who's known as the tax collector. And then you've got this guy Simon, who's known as the Cananean, which is some kind of ancient Aramaic word that has some specific meaning. You know, the audience originally knew what that was. Maybe we don't. But in any event, you have all of these kind of uh, tags by which the twelve are known. And then finally you have Judas. And how is he known? How is he remembered? He betrayed Jesus. And uh, so I think to myself, and we can all reflect as Christians, we can say, how do we want to be known? How do we want to be remembered? Because we can live an entire life, and now to us there's a lot to it. But at the end of our life, you know, it's kind of summed up in a short little tag. And how do, what kind of tag do we want? next to our name. In the eyes and in the memory of mankind who remain on earth, but more importantly than that, in the eyes and the memory of the saints who will endure for eternity. How do we want to be known for eternity? Judas will be known for eternity as the man who betrayed Jesus. Peter will be known for eternity as the rock upon which the the church was built. How do we want to be known for eternity? St. Maria Goretti uh, is known and will be known for eternity as a virgin martyr, as a 12-year-old girl who submitted to death rather than allow a mortal sin to be committed. She would have been innocent, too. That's the other amazing thing, is that she herself, if she had allowed herself to be raped, you know, she wouldn't have been guilty of a sin. The the perpetrator would have been guilty of the sin. But nonetheless, she had such a high regard for chastity that she would not even allow a sin to be committed by another person. And so she resisted to the point of death. Maria Goretti was born in 1890 in Italy. She was one out of seven children. Uh, her family became very poor very quickly after her birth. And in fact, by the time she was nine, her father died. And they were farmers. And uh, they lost their farm. And so her mother and her siblings and her had to move to this one area of Italy that now it's infamous in the minds of the Italians because it was full of malaria. And they were sending all of these poor farm workers down to this area and they didn't care. No one cared. Everybody was dying of malaria, but they didn't care. So they just sent them down there. So her family goes down there, her mother and her siblings. And uh, they have to share uh, like a tenement house with another family, and they're all just farmhands. That's that's what they do. Well, Maria's job is to stay home and to take care of the youngest child who's a baby, and she's to sew and cook and clean, and she's only 11 years old. Uh, she might have been 12, I think, actually, at the time of her death, while the rest of her family, her mother and her siblings, are gone. Well, the family that they live with has got this young guy, and I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's a teenager. Okay. And uh, so this teenager has made advances uh, against her two or three times, and is, but has threatened her with violence. 
Okay, and so she's a little bit of afraid, so she hasn't told anybody that he's made these advances against her. Uh, well, it comes about that, as would be normally the case, Maria's mother and siblings are out in the fields working. She's home alone. This guy approaches her and tries to rape her, and she fights him uh, to the death, and she's yelling, God does not want this. God does not want this. Think about how brave and courageous and pious that is for just a 12-year-old girl. God does not want this. And she's saying, it's a mortal sin, you will go to hell. It's a mortal sin, you will go to hell. And so this is a beautiful thing. Here she is, a simple young girl who's been catechized, you know, well, in the basics, mortal sin sends you to hell, don't do it. <laughs> and uh, this is what she's got on the forefront of her mind. And this is what she's screaming at this young guy. And she says, I'd rather die than allow you to do this. And so he's got this knife, or an awl, I think it is, and he stabs her 11 times. And she's still alive, and she's trying to make it to the door. And he stabs her three more times, and she drops unconscious. The baby's waking up and screaming, her own screaming. People get attention. They come upon. The guy never raped her, never, never was able to have his way with her. But she's unconscious. They bring her to the hospital. They perform surgery on her without anesthetics. Okay? She, she's going in and out of consciousness during the surgery. Okay? Can you imagine the kind of excruciating pain that this is, involves? Okay? She was stabbed in her throat. The doctors can't imagine she's still alive. And um, they know that she's dying, though, and that they can't save her. And uh, the doctor, the doctors are pious Italians as well. And so the, the leading do surgeon says to her, Maria, remember me in paradise. And Maria says, how do we know who, which one of us is going to go first? And, she, and he says to her, you're going to go first. And so she says, I'll gladly remember you. And she died another maybe 20 hours later. And in that time, she was conscious and her mother was there. And she explicitly told her mother that she forgave uh, this guy who raped her and killed her, you know, and uh, that she wanted to see him in heaven with her. So this guy, uh, they uh, were going to give him life, um, and they decided not to because he was young. He's probably 16, 17, 18, something like that. Oh, actually, I forget. Uh, I mean, i got to correct myself. I remember now. He was 20 years old, actually. Okay, so he was a little older. Uh, but nonetheless, he had his, his, he come from a bad background. So they had mercy on him. They gave him 30 years in prison. And he was unrepentant for the first two or three years until the bishop visited him. And the, the bishop was able to move him to repentance. And um, later on, the bishop continued to continue to uh, revisit him. And he said to the bishop that Maria actually visited him in his dream and gave him flowers. And the flowers, that it were, they, were, they were lilies, which is a symbol of virginity and purity, and the, the flowers burned in his hands. Anyway, so he, he converted. And uh, at the end of his life, I'm sorry, at the end of his jail sentence, he got out, and he actually ended his life um, as a lay brother with the Franciscans. And so he became a pious man at the end of his life. And he was present for Maria's canonization in 1950. And he sat next to her mother, Maria's mother, who was still alive, and Maria's mother, and he begged forgiveness of Maria's mother. And Maria's mother said, if Maria forgave you, I forgive you. So, my brothers and sisters, how will we be known? 
how will we be known in eternity? Maria, uh, Judas was known for betraying Jesus. Maria will be known as a virgin martyr who um, died rather than commit, uh, allow a mortal sin to be commit, committed. How will we be known for eternity?